Welcome to Zen Bones, ancient wisdom for modern times. This is Mark Lesser. Why Zen Bones? Our world is in crisis and ever-shifting, and now, more than ever, more wisdom, clarity, and courage are essential, especially in the world of work, business, and leadership. My guest today is Joel Mackauer. He's the chairman and co-founder of Green Biz Group. Green Biz Group is a media and events company that focuses on the intersection of business, technology, and sustainability. For more than 30 years, Joel, through his writing, speaking, and leadership, has helped companies and individuals align pressing environmental and social issues with business success. In this episode, we had a most heartening conversation about how sustainability gives him and gives us hope how to shift from overwhelm and despair to a more committed and engaged activism. Joel invites young leaders and entrepreneurs to not settle for vague answers, instead to truly believe and work toward a better future. He highlights the power of community during these times and affirms how there are so many more of us who care about the health and wellness of this planet than those who do not. I hope you enjoy and appreciate this episode as much as I did. This is Mark Lesser. This is Zen Bones, Ancient Wisdom for Modern Times, and I'm here today with Joel Makauer. And I'm just so happy to be here with Joel, who's been a a an entrepreneur in the and and a real a real leader in the realm of green business and sustainability. Welcome, Joel. Mark, it's so great to be here. Thanks so much. So being in this space, one of my, a question I, I think I want to start with is, what gives you hope these days? Huh. Wow. Well, hope is a, is a interesting commodity these days. Well, let me, let me start by saying that being in sustainability is an, is an inherently hopeful profession. We wake up every day thinking of solutions, big ideas, moonshots, if you will, or earth shots, as some people call them. And, and, and so, you know, in that context, you know, I live a hopeful life, professionally speaking, and, and, but it's hard because, you know, every day, is this sort of roller coaster? Those of us in sustainability and, and in the world, it's not just limited to, to, to sustainability, but every day is this roller coaster of, of, of optimism and discouragement, hope and despair, exciting, promising things, and, and, and then some kind of you know, soul sucking reality check, and up and down and up and down. And you know, before long, it's time for lunch. And and you know, rinse and repeat. And so, so, so that's the challenge: is how do we stay in that zone? And you know, I guess <clears throat> what keeps me hopeful is is a lot of things. I mean, a lot of the, the the businesses that are at the core of the work that I do are really leaning into solutions, not necessarily at the scale, scope, and speed we need, but it's just a, a huge change from just even three, five years ago. But mostly what gives me hope is the, is the new generation of youth activists, that they're really stepping into to be leaders even, in, even before they, they have the 
point in life when they could be what we would necessarily call leadership in, in communities, in business, in society, in politics, or anything else. Around the world, there's just this amazing wave of of not just activism, but really proactivism, I guess, where the, the young generation, and I'm talking about the you know late teens through er, er, mid-20s, are really stepping up and, and trying to move things along. It, it reminds me a little of of when you and I were were much younger men, Mark, and and you know, the Vietnam War was raging. And uh, I don't know about you, I, you know, but I, I wasn't, I I did not know anybody who was in who served in Vietnam at least until later in life. I was uh, I was personally a conscientious objector, so I, I was exempt from selective service from the draft, but. Even with without having that visceral connection, we were in the streets. I was at least, and and you know, protesting and marching and writing letters and sometimes doing you know a little bit more civil disobedience kinds of things. And you know, I think you know that made a difference. And so, and and now we're talking about something, the, the changing climate and and so many other things that that are not. 6,000 miles away. They're, they're visceral, they're personal, they're local, and, and, and as well as global. And, and they're, they're, far, they're immediate, but also long-term. And so I think it's really refreshing to, to, to see them really stepping into the kind of role that we, we hope we, I, I long hope that they, we'd see. Yeah. I think maybe a little context for anyone who's listening to this might be useful. And I was just learning about your business and, and you know, that you have a company that has, that's growing quickly, has 60, 60 plus employees and that you do conferences, including one that you just mentioned called Verge that had 4,000 attendees in Silicon Valley. And uh, so, yeah, I think, on, on some some sense, it's you know it's maybe not as you're saying not at the scale to change climate change, but but it's at a fairly fairly large scale the work you're doing. So I'm curious to hear both more about your your business and, and also what you might say. You you talked about how impressed you are with leaders, especially the young generation of leaders, and what how we might support those leaders, and and what those leaders what you think are the, the, the qualities of leadership that you're noticing that, that are most prominent? Yeah, great question. So, I mean, one of the, the things as we, if we're talking specifically about the youth leaders and the, the young activism in general, you know, one of the things that I think natural, has naturally happened that is not that we need to change is that we invite them in sort of as a token kind of thing. There's a lot of tokenism. Let's bring in some, some young people, hear what they have to say, you know, applaud them, thank them, you know, and, and then let's get back to whatever the heck we were doing before that. And I think, you know, really listening and engaging and being in for the long haul and, and inviting them in and, 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 over time, that's really, I think, something that companies have not done well, probably not just companies, but in society it, it, overall, we, we still tend to treat them a little bit as a novelty act. And, and, and of course, this is, you know, deadly serious stuff to them and, and, and should be to us as well. So, so part of it is, you know, that's, we need to support them by, first of all, 
encouraging them, and second of all, by bringing them into conversations in a way that is substantive. You know, there's, there's, it's not just a matter of inviting a young person to a meeting or a conference or, or you know, to, into some board or anything else. <clears throat> there's a lot of power dynamics that are naturally in there, even if we don't necessarily think about it. And you know, in terms of you know who's paying the bill and who's really can make the decisions and who, this this is a lot of a lot of things. And and I think one of the challenges, and I don't know how well this has been done, is how do you, again, bring bring in young people, not in a tokenist way, but also with those power dynamics minimized, and 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 maybe it's meeting on their turf, for example. Maybe I don't know. There's 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 ways of 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 uh, mitigating, if not leveling, those those power differentials. But those are important, and uh, I don't think we've thought much about that yet. I haven't seen a lot of of good examples where where we can we've done that. So that's a that's a huge way in how we we can be supporting them. Um, and 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 that goes, that really goes true. That holds true for for any marginalized community. It holds true for people of color that have not been as part of, as much a part of the mainstream sustainability conversation, at least at the levels that uh, a lot of that's taking place at, at at say the you know the big climate conferences or, or, or elsewhere. That certainly at the community environmental justice level, there's you know. People of color, the ones who are most affected, typically, are certainly people at the uh, more marginalized economically or or, or or racially, and so we tend to bring them in in a token way as well. And so, figuring out the how to be, we talk about you know the I word inclusive has become very big in in business now. How do we make a a, a just a transition to a just and inclusive economy, and it's a good word, but I don't yet know that we really understand what that means, let alone how to do it. Yeah. What are the, what might you say to these young entrepreneurs? What, what are the core qualities that you, that you see in them and that you would want to help grow and support in them? Yeah. Well, vision is part of it. Enthusiasm and passion, which is, you know, as as, as you may recall, you know, is is, is a, a particular, uh, you know, value of the of the young, but but also just you know holding holding everyone accountable, and holding our feet to the fire and not accepting, um, you know, vague or elusive answers to really important and sometimes difficult questions. I think you know that. So I think that I see a lot of that, whether you're an entrepreneur or an activist, you know, truly believing in a better future, truly believing in in solutions and understanding that the solutions that we need are not simply incremental. You know, we're, we're, we're drowning in what I call radical incrementalism or maybe random acts of greenness where you've got a lot of, you know, different initiatives not just environmental, but social as well, but they're not necessarily, there's still kind of a series of disconnected dots. You're not really thinking systemically when we need to be thinking at the systems level here. And so there's a, there's just a lot more that we can be doing in terms of thinking in, in, in those ways, but really supporting the work of those who are 
I mean, we we hold it at, at at the Verge conference you mentioned. Actually, at multiple conferences, we have some some fast pitch competitions from entrepreneurs with primarily in what what is now called climate tech used to be called clean tech back in the day and and it's a and it's not just you know renewable energy and and, and electric vehicles or mobility it's it's a whole range of things from food systems to circular business models monitoring and verification systems that we desperately need to track our progress or lack of progress in 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 the climate cri- fighting the climate crisis it's it's a it's just a breathtaking breadth of 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 solution sets and it's very exciting and and of course like all entrepreneurs they need support they need mentoring they need customers they need to cross through what was was often called the valley of death between basically proof of proof of concept and and getting to scale and and so there's just there we have so many solutions out there and many of them are coming from from the next generation of entrepreneurs, it's very exciting to see, and we need to make sure that as many of those as possible do not wither on the vine. Yeah, so it's interesting you're you're mentioning the the excitement and passion that I can feel from you about the the all of the different solutions that are emerging. But I also heard you say the the your, your you know some concern, deep concern about the lack of a more sustained effort or the integrated effort and do you have a any sense how do we how do we get there how do we move more t- more toward a a s- sustained sustainable and integrated actions yeah that's a really good question mark and i i don't have a pat answer for for that at all you know we need to be moving much further much faster and not just here in the united states or in north america but globally and I was just in egypt at the uh, at cop 27 and you know, it it they're fighting over you know important things, but not necessarily the right things. And in the meantime, the problems keep getting worse and worse every year. We're and we're we're reaching tipping points. We're reaching points of 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 well tipping points, and and, and across a whole range of of environmental systems, ecological systems, and we're just not addressing those. So I guess, you know, to some extent, and it's really sad to say this, how bad do things need to get before people rise up and and step up and stand up and speak up and show up in all the ways that that we need. And of course by that time it's it's kind of late. It's already kind of late. The question now is not whether we're going to, you know, face the impacts of climate change. We're all, that's already happening. We're seeing that all over the world, including here in the United States. The question is, is how bad is it going to get? And, and at what cost, you know, in every respect from financial to lives, will, will, will that exact from, you know, and, 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 you know, if you think of what we've just gone through in the pandemic, you know, we've seen the ability to come together kind of quickly. But the pandemic is a very different thing because it was here and now and 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 daily and affected us personally in our homes and and climate is a slower moving pandemic it's mm-hmm. a it's 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 taking place over years and decades and and it's not always possible to see the impact on our lives and of course our lives are filled with lots of other things we need to be worrying about kids and education and finance and healthcare and Putting food on the table and yeah. meaningful work and and clean air and water and you know respect and justice and everything else that 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 is you know 
is really should be a human right. And, and so it's really hard for people to pay attention to something that's, that may be existential, but it's, it's relatively far off. And so that's the dilemma we face. And I, as I said, I don't have a solution about how we do this. I do think we're seeing lots of signs of progress around the world and from government, from the business community, from civil society, from homeowners, from, you know, all over the place at, at the community level, at the national level, but it's just not enough. You know, the indicators are telling us that, that, you know, I think it was someone from the UN, you know, called it a red light for humanity or flashing red light or something. I don't remember the phrase, but that you get the point. And yet, you know, it's it's on the list of the top five things I need to worry about today. That may be number eight. Mm-hmm. I love how the work you're doing is so on the ground, bring, bringing people together. And, and I know that you, you mentioned not only do you get to work with lots of young, vital entrepreneurs, you also work with big companies. You do a lot of work, and I imagine with government as well. To some to some degree, but I know you work with companies, you know, like Google and Facebook and Microsoft, and um, so it's interesting. Bring and it seems like you also bring bring those factions together. That must be very heartening and exciting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, our, our, our sort of our tagline is: we convene communities to confront the climate crisis, and. And we do, you know, so convening is something that we do very well, whether it's in small groups of, you know, 50 or 100 people or three, 4,000 or 5,000 people. And I think some of these events will soon be 10,000 people in the next few years because they're growing rapidly and, 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 and bringing them together. And what we've learned about that, and again, whatever scale it's 50 or 5,000, is that the success is partly on on having good content or partly on giving people a good experience, whether it's at a, just a nice meal or at a resort or whatever the experience is or some things, extracurricular kinds of things. But it's mostly around creating community. People want to be part of a community and particularly with climate and, and sustainability it, 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 in general, there's a general uh, understanding that we can't do this alone. This is not, this is very much a team sport. And that we none of us can do this, and none of us knows what you know knows everything and so and and companies need to collaborate, even competitors, and they need to engage their 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 value chains and so these are communities, and sometimes these community there's communities in waiting. I'll just give you an example about four or five years ago, we launched a conference called Circularity, which for and about the circular economy, which is around how do we basically keep molecules in play through closing the loop or or extending the life and making things repairable or or sharing things so that we get more utilization or bringing in more bio-based materials. So, so it's, a, it's a fairly complex and fascinating and, and systems-oriented field. It's been around for a long time. There's been a big conference in the UK from a group called the Ellen MacArthur Foundation. But we hadn't done anything in North America. Nobody had. And so we convened this event. It was in Minneapolis. And we hoped for about 500 people. We had to cut registration off at 850 because that's all the fire marshals would give us. But I remember it was just this amazing moment in this hotel ballroom, packed hotel ballroom in Minneapolis. 
on the opening morning of the of the first day, and people were looking around saying, "Holy crap! Look at us! I had no idea." Mm-hmm. You know, it's a, how many of us there are, and and it was a community in waiting, and we catalyzed that and nurture it, and we put a lot of work into into nurturing communities, and and now and it's a little bit of a fake it till you make it aspect, and we call it a community, and then it, eventually it so becomes that. But it's now a few years later, there are people who they want to come back, you're sure, to learn about circular economy and see the latest and greatest, but really to be together and, and share and learn and commiserate and, mm-hmm. and, and all of that. And so that's really a lot of what we need is we need more of more community, mm-hmm. whether it's at the human scale or the corporate scale, or I suppose at the government scale, although that feels a lot harder these days. Yeah, it's interesting. I think there's something uh, so important about that. Holy crap! I had no idea, and 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 I I find it in the in the work that I do. It's often the holy crap! I had no idea that everyone else is dealing with the same problems, <laughs> the same busy minds, the same yeah. doubts, the same imposter syndromes. But but there's also that I think that recognition of how many people there are who care about similar things. I think we're, we'd probably be blown away by the level of care that there actually is about these issues about, well, you know, who, who doesn't want, who doesn't want, you know, well-being, sustainability, a healthy planet, but how to to move that higher on the, on the, you know, but we also, as you, as you were saying, we need to put food on the table. We need to pay the bills, and and how to create a enough. I think community is probably the answer. I hear you saying the the power of community. But but all those things you mentioned about the people that you work with, Mark, the uncertainty, the 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 imposter syndrome, the insecurity, that you know, all all of that. I mean, that's part and parcel of being. Of being human, number one, but certainly in sustainability, and so because all these people are, you know, they're 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 passionate, they're excited, they're they they have increased influence in their companies, and these are sometimes very very large companies, McDonald's and Walmart and Amazon, and and Google and you know General Motors and so on, but at the same time they they you know constantly I think you know burdened with you know, am I doing enough? Is this really, am I, is this really making a difference? Am I fooling myself? Are we tinkering at the margins? Are we fiddling while Rome? You know, there's this constant, you know, radio station, 24, seven, 50,000 Watts playing in, in, inside that brings that uncertainty. And so that's one of the challenges Uh, at our GreenViz conference, which is uh, we do every February in Scottsdale, Arizona, and it's for and about the profession of sustainability. How do you become better at your job? I opened it with a little video that I, little sort of a skit, basically, but it, it was two versions of me: one in color, one in black and white. One was optimistic, one, and so, and 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 each one was a different camera. And first of all, it's like this is the most exciting time in my entire sustainability career. Boom. This is the most terrifying time in my sustainability career. Boom. Finally, everybody in my company understands what I do and appreciates and knows who I am. Boom. 
all of a sudden, everybody wants a piece of me. I don't even have time to think. And anyway, on and on and on. And that's the world in which, which people inhabit. And it's, you know, it's sort of this roller coaster I was talking about earlier, the ups and downs of, 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 of just in the course of a single day, let alone a week and a month and a year. And, and so that's what people go through. And they, so they, we need one another. That's true as humans, but I, I'm, you know, specifically talking about these yeah. communities that we've helped, you know, catalyze and nurtured and convened. People need one another. They want to understand, you know, exactly what you were saying, Mark. Oh my God, it's not just me. I'm not the only one who's thinking this way. You know, how do you deal with it? And mm-hmm. and so there's just this huge hunger, and we've. We've been very cognizant of that and have designed a lot of significant part of each of our events around community and around bringing people together and giving them the opportunities to share. And, 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 and as a result, people keep coming back and bringing their friends. Mm-hmm. You, you mentioned you were surprised by the how many people came to that circularity conference. How many people are coming these days? Well, we we had a, a a bit of a interregnum called COVID, but the um, the last one we did, which was in Atlanta, yeah, we had just north of a thousand people. But it was still a time when there were a lot of travel restrictions and people yeah, right, couldn't right, yeah. come. And so we'll be in Seattle uh, next June for the the third in person one, about the sixth year, but the third in person one. And I, I don't know, you know, they they. I'm guessing will be, you know, 12, 1500 people. Yeah, it hadn't, somehow I hadn't <laughs> dawned on me what a tough time it is to be in the conference business th- during COVID. We did, you know, considering that, you know, somewhere in the neighborhood of 90% of our revenue comes from bringing people together. We came through the pandemic in actually pretty good shape, pivoted hard and fast and we, and the, and the, the team, the amazing team that we have that I don't run of about, as you said, about 60 people didn't say, we can't do that. They said, okay, now we're headed this direction. And we pivoted to virtual. We continued to nurture the community. We, we innovated, added some new ways of, of bringing people together, new ways of making money. We had uh, in 2020, I think, our, our, our revenue dipped 4%. Mm-hmm. You know, it was really... and. And and we came through it, I think, stronger than ever because some of our we don't really have that many competitors, but some of them, you know, aren't around anymore. Let's just say, or aren't doing it as well as as maybe we, they could have, or certainly as well as we are. And so it's we came through it in in really good shape, and and it's 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 to be honest, a minor miracle. That's great. I love the way you were describing how you opened that that conference, and and I think of it in a way as. It's, I think, an important you know, reality, important paradox to to actually pay attention to the sense that, you know, on the one hand, you know, everything is terrible. We're going to go in the hell in a handbasket. Yeah, we're at, you know, but, but on the other hand, there's there's a lot to be hopeful for. And that, you know, that how do you, this, uh, I I think of it as, not not avoiding not avoiding the pain, and not avoiding the possibility. Yeah, e- both right. And how do you? And the paradox the paradox of it, it looks like we keep going. You described it as a roller coaster, 
and I think it, you know it has that that element to it, and it's also yeah lear- learning constantly. I think acknowledging the pain, learning and moving toward the possibility, and then we we end up in some way back in the pain, but we keep going to keep raising the bar of the possibility. I think that's to me a how how can we do that? Yeah, I mean a lot of it is just learning how to live in the with duality the duality of you know of 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 all these possibilities and solutions that are just seem incredible and promising and exciting and you know impactful and and maybe what, exactly what we need to solve the, some of these uh, our biggest social and environmental challenges at the same time just seeing the headlines and hearing the news and and watching the world go by and, and knowing that things are kind of messed up and, you know, politics and climate and, and the economy and, and, and everything. And so how do you hold those two things? And that's not, this is not unique to sustainability, although I would, I would posit that it's those in sustainability live this more intensely, but it's, it's just part of being human now is, is how do we get through the day knowing that you know, it's a beautiful day, and my family is doing well, and I had a great day at work, and uh, I have enough money to pay the bills, and I'm looking forward to a, a great meal tonight. And oh my God, the news—you know, Trump, Ukraine, the economy, Elon—I mean, you name it. It's just—it's—it's it's just a mess. <laughs> and so, how do we reconcile those two things, and how do we just move through them on a day-by-day basis? Yeah. And that's yeah. that's just a challenge we all face every day. Yeah, yeah, the human dilemma, you know. And then there's also our own, on a very personal level or individual level, the our mind, our minds are a mess, you know, our emotions are a mess, and yet there's something extraordinary about these minds and bodies and the, the, the human gift experience, of, yeah. the human experience, the gift, the gift of our emotions, the gift of oh. our imaginations, and but there is something about, I think, the the power, how potent the the power of community that you touched on. That's one of the real striking things that from what you were saying today. And and community doesn't have to be a thousand people or fifty people. It can be a, it can be five people. It can be two. You know, there's there's a huge need for mentoring, not just you know elder to youth. Actually, youth to elder in a lot of times, or just you know, peer to peer, because I mean, every one of us in sustainability gets calls, emails, social media, pings, or, you know, friends of friends saying, Hey, how do I get into the field? I want to be in sustainability. I want to be, you know, climate I've, you know, is now the most important issue in my future. I want to work in that, you know, and, and, and everybody, you know, wants needs to be part of this it seems not everybody i live in a bubble so i'm probably exaggerating i know i'm exaggerating but but there's a lot more people that are stepping into this than i ever saw and thought possible if you just go on linkedin and search for you know sustainability or circular economy or climate tech and if you had the benefit of of what those returns and how many jobs there were 3 years ago versus now it's 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 gone way 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 up and so how do you you know what's the what's the the opportunity to mentor i you know i i i I get to do that a lot mentoring young people both in my company and outside and 
And we as a company try to do that. We have a program called Emerging Leaders where for each of our four annual events, we gift not just registration, but actually airfare and hotel to 10 young people of color to come to our event. And our events are expensive. <laughs> you know, they're in the four figures, you know, at some point or another. And 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 it's really interesting the, to, to to see that. First of all, you know, and it, we we don't just bring them; we, we plop them into a conference of of largely older white people. It's it's not older, but older than them. And we we have a number of programs and nurture them internally. And it's just phenomenal, mm-hmm. not just the reaction of these young emerging leaders, but the reaction of the old the elders. Again, some of these elders are in their thirties and forties, but. In terms of the opportunity that they see and the and the joy and satisfaction they get in helping bring others along, and we just need more of that. We need more of that in the world, but in sustainability, where it's really hard to learn because it's really about everything. You know, what, one of the remarkable things about sustainability, Mark, is that on the one hand, it's about this incredible scientific complexity, geekiness, nerdiness that even the experts don't fully understand. Just this technical complexity that, you know, and on the other hand, it's about our bodies and our families and our communities and our kids and our future and, and our world and, and what we eat and drink and all of that. And and you probably know, and I'm sure most people know that if you go too far in either direction, it's either it's like, I don't know, that's just way too complicated for me to understand, or wow, that's just so California woo-woo. And 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 so integrating head and heart is through storytelling, whether we do that on stage or one-on-one. And, and I think that's a really powerful tool that we're all learning how to use better in terms of how, how do we tell those stories and how do we integrate head and heart and, and in, increase transparency and share sets and, and, and share ideas. Well, I was going to ask you as a way of closing the question that I started with, which is what gives you hope? But I have to say, in a way, you just answered that. And hearing hearing you and the work that you're doing gives me hope. But is there anything else that you just want to add as a way of closing this well, today? If it gave you hope, Mark, then my work is done. <laughs> <laughs> Your work is never done, unfortunately. I, know. I wish it was. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I, you get the point. But thank you. I it makes me. I really want to come to your conferences. I get the sense that you're that you're really good at creating community and and providing hope and paths for people. So thank you so much for your work. Thank you for all that you do, too, Mark. Really appreciate it. Listen in each week for interviews, teachings, and guided meditations. You'll receive supportive tools for creating more meaningful work and mindfulness practices to develop yourself, to influence your organization, and to help change the world. Thank you for listening.